Women in Wellbeing is an Evans Center podcast, highlighting emotional well-being and mental health through Jewish sources and interviews with experts and activists. Our host, Karen Muller-Jackson, is a certified Matan Marala Halakha, Jewish educator, writer, founder of Kitzun Lashirut Guidance Program for Religious Girls, and creator of Power Parsha. Just as the mikvah waters create the opportunity for renewal, we hope the insights shared here will serve as a springboard for discussion and rejuvenation. This week's podcast is sponsored by Lisa and Marie Goldenhirsch in memory of Etana Friedman, the Franala Bracha, a woman who loved Torah, loved knowledge, loved people, and loved life for her seventh yard site. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Eden Center Women and Wellbeing Podcast. This month, we are celebrating Rosh Chodesh Adar, a time where we increase happiness. It's also a time in the Jewish year where women in particular spend a lot of time giving so much of ourselves, making costumes, mishloach manot, planning a seudah, and keeping everyone generally happy. This week also marks International Women's Day. The confluence of these events has led me to think about how we also need to take some time to celebrate Jewish women and all that they do. After all, we are coming up to the holiday of Purim, where the Jewish people were saved by a heroic woman, Queen Esther. This is a good time to think about how to enhance our well-being. Here are some Torah thoughts on this. Before I begin, after the Torah thoughts, I'll be interviewing my friend Shauna Goodmanson, also known as Chef Shauna, about Jewish women taking care of themselves as well as their families. She also has some Purim tips, and she even shares a recipe with us, so get excited. Giving to others is a significant Jewish value, often identified with women. The Parshas we are currently reading, Vayakel, Pikudei, highlights the unique trait of volunteering associated with the women of Israel. The Torah emphasizes the women's enthusiasm for generous giving to build the Mishkan when it states, Vayavo ha'anashim al-hanashim, the men came with the women. Several biblical commentaries explain that the men came to donate at the women's urging. This is in opposition to the episode of the Golden Calf, where the Midrash teaches that the men wanted to donate, but the women refused. Similarly, on the holiday of Purim, we accentuate giving, Mishloach Manot, and matanot le'avyonim, gifts to the poor. Maimonides teaches that there is only true simcha when we share with others. Giving, chesed, tzedakah, these are central aspects of Judaism and part of what makes the Jewish community so special. But while we strive to do good, how often do we take time to check in on ourselves, to see not only what we have to give, but also what we might need? Jewish sources also teach us to take time out to care for ourselves. The Book of Dvarim commands us to guard our souls well, understood as referring to taking care of our physical bodies. In one Midrashic story, Hillel Hazaken was asked by his students after class one day where he was going, and he replied to perform a mitzvah. When further pressed, Hillel told them he was going to the bathhouse, teaching that it was important to care for our bodies since we were created in the image of God. Maimonides discusses the importance of caring for our bodies in Hilchot Eot, where he writes, Maintaining a healthy and sound body is among the ways of God. And Maimonides gives guidelines on how to eat and drink in moderation and sleep enough. <laughs> for women who observe Nida, preparing for the mikvah can also provide a window, a natural monthly opportunity to relax, to pamper oneself, and to refocus on her relationship with her spouse and her family. 
As women, we want to follow in the footsteps of biblical women who donated to the Mishkan, as well as being a model of giving for our children. However, if it gets to the point where we can't say no, where we feel inadequate or guilty about what we are doing for others, or when we don't have the time to take care of ourselves, then we need to think of ways to pause and take a time out and think about our own well-being, whether we need to take some time to exercise, to spend time with friends, to splurge on healthy food, or just have a rest. Chodesh Adar is a good time for us to check in with ourselves and the women we know to find a balance between doing for others and doing for ourselves. As Hillel famously also said, if I am not for myself, who will be for me? If I am not for others, what am I? And if not now, when? To hear more practical tips on women taking time to care for ourselves, stay tuned for my interview with Shana. Chodesh Tov. Shauna Goodmanson graduated from McGill University in Art History and was awarded the McGill Scarlet Key for Outstanding Leadership and Positive Impact. She also graduated from the Natural Gourmet Cooking School and the Institute of Culinary Education, both in New York City. Along with a culinary career, Shauna has always found time to volunteer, and prior to making Aliyah from Canada, she was active in her local Montreal Federation. Shauna is married to Todd and the mother of Zachary, Andrew, and Nathaniel. They live in Ranana. Her passions are food and philanthropy, and she thrives in finding ways to combine the two. Along with chairing the Morris and Rosalind Goodman Family Foundation, she is the founder of Summer Camp Israel, an initiative which is bringing the experiences of overnight summer camp to Israel. And Shauna serves on the board of the Jewish Funders Network, the Foundation for Jewish Camp, and Klahim. Since March 2020, Shauna has reached thousands of people through her unique online cooking courses, which were hosted by numerous nonprofits and served as an Israel engagement and fundraising platform for diverse causes. Hi, Shauna. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to be here. Shauna, I would like to introduce you to our audience. We've been friends for a few years, and I would like to share that I am so inspired by your Jewish organizational entrepreneurship. Uh, you have been involved with creating some new and interesting initiatives with a focus on women's empowerment and women's well-being, which is the topic of our podcast today. Um, whether it's creating unique women's tours in Israel, which we're going to hear more about, or initiating ventures to connect with social activism here in Israel, or starting Jewish summer camps in Israel, you are a visionary and an activist, a great combination. At the same time, you are trained as a chef and you use your skills to teach others not only about food, but also about our personal relationship with food and with our kitchens, which is a room where I find I spend a lot of my time. <laughs> uh, so I'd like to talk to you today about these passions and about the importance of women taking care of ourselves. So I'm going to jump in with some questions. Ready? Ready. <laughs> okay. Uh, a few years ago, you started a program which focuses on empowering Jewish women to take time for themselves called Shefa. Tell us about how you came to create this and what need did you see among women that 
inspired you to to begin this? Well, Shefa is one of my favorite words here because it means abundance. And I continuously feel struck by Israel's abundance, whether it's in um, the food, whether it's the music, the culture, the sense of peoplehood, um, and also just the sense of energy. I mean, people always come here and they feel something different. And I think the abundant sense of vitality is what really continues to get me. And as we know, it's not a place of unbelievable resources, but it's the people that make this place just move and at a crazy pace. So what better way to celebrate this country than to bring the exiles back mm -hmm. and to experience this country together as women? And I love when women come together from all generations because I feel the generosity of sharing and learning and the wisdom that is passed is like being back in that red tent, you know, and I feel blessed that um, I can count on so many um, different people to make this trip happen because the creativity comes with the inclusion of women from all over. So everybody brings their own energy on top of that, that every day we engage with a different woman here doing great stuff because nothing is more infectious than a woman with a passion. And we all want to get around that. So um, that to me is what really, um, you know, just sparked my, my interest in putting this trip together. I mean, you can tell from my accent, I'm not exactly a native. And uh, I think what's great about this place is that there are so many millions of accents that come together that wouldn't have otherwise ever come together. And this is the privilege of living during this time here in Israel having our health and our vitality to actually show up with our best energy. And, and I think that, um, again, when, when women come together, um, great shiduchim happen, you know, whether it's sharing a great book, sharing a great tip, sharing some wisdom, we all come out stronger. And so eight days together traveling through this country from north to south, and, and relishing each other, experiencing together, and in, you know, in, a, in a fierce sense of gratitude for this moment in time that we're able to be free to do this. So I see no better place to do this. And so that's really, um, we've done it for three years. Unfortunately, we got stopped um, because of COVID, but I am ready to go again February 13th to 21st um, next year, 2023, are our new dates. And um, they're wow. in indelible ink. I'm ready. I'm ready to say, I believe we are coming out of this. We have so much to look forward to. And uh, I can't wait to get back on that bus. Oh, amazing. God willing. I'm thinking as you're speaking just about the word Shefa and abundance and it's amazing because you think about, you know, as Jewish, you know, women and Jewish women in particular, you know, we, we put an abundance of food on the table. Um, our life is sometimes you know, too much, <laughs> sometimes too much, which we'll get to. And, Never too um, little. Yeah. <laughs> 
And, you know, it, it makes me think at the same time, we, we, we give an abundance of love to our families, an abundance of worry. Uh, and, you know, and yet, do we give an abundance or even close to an abundance of, you know, checking in? Are we okay? Are we taking care of ourselves as well at the same time? Uh, and so I'm just thinking about that word and how it's going to, you know, carry me through this podcast, which is, which is super interesting. And you spoke about, um, you, you spoke about women from different generations. I love the image of the different generations and the plural, the pluralism of kibbutz galuyot, bringing, bringing women together from different places. Um, so who, who or what uh, are your sources of inspiration when you are doing Shefa or some of your other uh, passions and work? I feel that I am really blessed to come in contact with incredible people here. Um, I don't know. I, it's luck. It's putting yourself in good places. Um, I don't know what it is, but I feel extremely privileged. Um, and Karen, you were one of my first, uh, my first trip. Um, you know, I was lucky to be involved with your Midrash class. And when I first moved here on the Mir Peset, my, uh, you know, it was, it was a beautiful way to enter Ranana. And, and there you meet, you know, these wonderful women who are coming with some experience, no experience, lots of knowledge, no knowledge, um, Hebrew speaking, English speaking. And yet, you know, Torah study was the unifier. And it was so exciting for me, you know, and that welcome was was so formative to me. Um, and so it was the shared language. So it's women like you that have, you know, entered my being. And again, being an Ola Chadasha, everybody is new and the kindness of strangers is never lost. And so I think that sense of openness um, to come to a new place and to um, be open, you know, I think is a rare opportunity. And I think with the openness comes with recognizing um, great talent and great knowledge and great opportunities to learn, which I think why we're always here. We're not stagnant. We're very dynamic. And, you know, as a woman in her fifties now, I feel like I'm craving the more difference is exciting for me. It's not scary for me. Um, and how we incorporate it into our lives when, you know, we're, we're pretty, you know, good with our values and solid where, um, we stand. So taking in new ideas, it, it's not threatening, it's, it's empowering, and it stretches us. So I would say that it's getting out your door, and everywhere around is opportunities for people to share. And as I said before, I really think women are wonderful at it. And if you just sort of give them that chance to shine, I think we have so much to learn. So building the itinerary there's not enough days. There's not enough hours in the day. I could be filling it four times over. Um, yeah. So that's never, that's never the, the worry. Um, well, so. you're very generous. You're very generous to, I, to, to mention our learning together. And I, and I have to share that actually this is a very mutual inspiration because uh, when I started our group, which we, we called Sheeran Coffee many years ago. Um, I was at a point where I was uh, I was looking to do more teaching, and it was you know it was just the the combination of meeting you and your infectiousness and how uh, people pick up on that on that magnetism and that excitement and you know and I think it's really um, the combination of 
finding uh, women like you who who make something like that take off. And so um, and so I'm very thankful to you. Um, so what would you say is the most inspiring uh, women um, woman or experience that you had on Chefa that you that you really made you feel that it was the combination of women's well being coming together. Uh, I might be putting you on the oh, spot. Wow, that's that's <laughs> there's. I mean, I have three years worth. So, and every group, as you know, every group takes on a different tone. Um, but I purposely make Shabbat part of the program. And um, again, I don't know these women beforehand, and they come, some from the internet, some friends of friends, some other daughters, like I really have not very much background, but Shabbat is, you know, um, a real opportunity to get to know women and what their experience of Shabbat was, their childhood, how they live today. Um, and Shabbat is really about gratitude, you know, in the end of the day, you know, it's a celebration of life, of family, of abundance, um, taking the time to just relish and, and to, you know, count our blessings. And that resonates with everybody, especially women. Um, and I often get women who this is sometimes their first time ever traveling by themselves. Um, they've been a couple for many years, or maybe they've recently divorced, or they've had lost and so this permission to play as what I, you know, call these eight days of Shefa is extremely emotional for women. And I would say the sharing that happens by the time we get to Shabbat, which is usually like four days in, is really rich. And it's the most authentic, um, you know, you build an arc of a story, like the arc of our trip is really um, pivotal at Shabbat, where you know, I've had women who start crying that they haven't sang Shalom Aleichem since they were a little girl. And they, you know, married a family that into a family that didn't celebrate it the way they did, or the first time that they've left a child with special needs. And this is the first time that they're really able to, you know, feel something solely for themselves and not being that person for everybody in the family. Um, so Shabbat is. Um, really, you know, experiencing it together on the Shefa trip is, is magical. And I would say, you know, yeah, we see beautiful sights. Yes, we eat delicious food. Yes, we sing and we dance and we um, come together. But coupled with Shabbat, and it just lends this sense of calm mm -hmm. and authenticity, I really feel that that is um, a heightened moment for, for me that as a woman and really bringing, because, you know, I was brought up that, you know, you educate a woman, you educate a family. Mm -hmm. And um, these matriarchs who have given and given so much to their families, to their husbands, to their communities, to their work. Um, and this is really a place to, you know, give, give space for themselves and recognition for themselves and to really have that big breath. Um, they're away from the kitchen sink. They're so far away from any obligation. And, you know, it always feels give, better to give than to get. And so to give them this place of, of space and permission, I, it's, it's like no other. 
Amazing. And it's such a parallel theme, actually, this idea of Shabbat as taking a break, taking a pause, resting, stepping out of life, and also coming coming on a trip here, stepping out of your life, um, taking that pause to, I love the phrase, permission to play. You know, we, we don't give ourselves a lot of permission for, for much. And so... And whoever said we needed to ask for permission? You know, we encourage it with our kids. Um, we're always looking for play. And, I, and you, you can't undervalue play. I mean, kids play is, I mean, that's what COVID, you know, was missing so much, you know, is kids sense of play. And unfortunately, they're playing too much on their devices. But we never can underestimate the power of play. And for for adults as well. Yes, yes, most definitely. So, um, so now I want to switch gears a little bit, although I think this theme will continue. And I want to talk about food. Um, women, religious women in particular, spend a lot of time in the kitchen and feel a lot of feel an obligation uh, and sometimes even feel feel pride, but also feel drained by all of the cooking and the tending and the and the entertaining that we that we do for others. Uh, interestingly, the COVID experience has sort of influenced that somewhat. Um, I think we've missed it, but we've also maybe recalibrated to a certain degree. Um, and, uh, and so I, I'd love to hear your, your Torah on this, your perspective, you know, how have you seen this? And, and as someone who loves, <laughs> loves to cook and isn't so talented and makes such yummy food, um, how do you deal with that sort of tension with cooking in the kitchen? Well, I, as you can love it and love it, but then you, everybody poops up and everybody loses ideas and everybody you know, needs regeneration. And I am so, so guilty of that. And I I think that's so normal, like of anything. And I think we were on overdrive with COVID, you know, first three weeks, we're like, we're going to use our cookbooks. And finally, I'm going to be like Julie and Julia, I'm going to plow through them and, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner. And then we're like, oh my God, we're pooped out. And then we're on Netflix and, and then we're perusing again, more recipes and Instagram. And, but Yes, it is an endless cycle, and I have moments of true bolts of inspiration, um, and then I just have, like, a dried-up well, like, just tell me what you want to eat, and I'll just make it, you know, and uh, so I think that, first of all, I feel very grateful that we have Shabbat, and I love Friday night dinner. I mean, the fact that we get to entertain every Friday, I mean, I look at all the Bon Appetit magazines, and I read everything, as much as I can get my hands on, and, like, they're stressing over one meal a year. We do it every week. And, you know, their cookie edition is for one day. Every week, every balabusta has at least three cookies on their table. So, you know, you are seasoned. Everybody is way more ahead of the game than they think. Um, But, you know, like anything else, you need to find infusions. You need to find ways to get inspired. And friends are wonderful for that. The internet, of course, is wonderful for that. Bookstores. Um, you know, the best recommendations are our girlfriends, you know, to, to scribble down something. This is so easy and you're going to love it. And, and, um, so I think that number one, not every meal has to be a feast. I think we put enormous pressure that out of the five dishes that we're going to be serving, everyone has to have 13 ingredients, five different steps and be, you know, on like level, you know, I don't even know what level, but the most complicated. I'm a big frozen pea lover myself, okay? And I always have frozen peas in my freezer. I didn't realize I there was any very... other option. 
<laughs> and I feel very proud when I put some frozen peas, you know, and on the table, I, I don't take them from the can. I take them and they're green and perky and nobody complains. And they add a bolt of sunshine on my plate. And, um, and I am a, you know, you're, you, you don't get judged by how many dishes you have. You know, my mother used to say the nicest thing is just filling your table with people. And most people are just so happy to fill um, their home. And people are so happy to be a guest. And um, it, the food is so secondary. We put enormous, enormous pressure on ourselves. Um, and it's, I mean, COVID definitely showed that, you know, like we've had very intimate Shabbat dinners and there was more singing. We were more alive. We were more engaged. We weren't a shmata at the table. And that's what we want our children to remember, our vitality, not our like sleeping at the table because I had the best kogel in town, you know, and, and if there's a better kogel somewhere else and if that's what stresses you out, buy it, you know, <laughs> make a decision that certain things that, you know, spark dis, you know, not joy, that they, they give me aggravation, contract them out, you know, or don't serve them. People aren't going to miss them. And I think we think that, you know, people are going through this checklist. It's our checklist that we unfortunately impose on ourselves. Um, and there now more than ever, there are so many shortcuts and so many people doing cottage industries that, you know, are happy this your friend's daughter's making cookies. Buy Shira's cookies. You know, you're doing a mitzvah. You're supporting exactly. a young entrepreneur. You don't need that extra hour in the kitchen. I'd rather you spend that reading or reading or I'm into crochet now, just crochet five more squares, you know, like that breath is so important. And I really believe that, you know, we set the tone of what the energy is going to be at the table. And if you can come fresh and perky and smiling, that's the mitzvah of Shabbat. It's not that there was in the seven course meal and we're going to match it up to the cookbook. Nobody cares. And I mean, they do care because everybody loves food, you know, but yeah. there's caring and there's really judging. And I think we need to really let go of that big J because it doesn't, it doesn't help us. It doesn't move us forward. Yes, most definitely. I so agree. So we have to, we, even if we can't take our eight day trip, we can think about how to, you know, save ourselves another eight minutes and another eight minutes and, you know, and, uh, and make and, a plan and make yeah. a plan. Like yeah. I start certain things when I'm making something, I'll put aside a little bit of it and stick it in my freezer and say the pesto, I'm making pesto, double it and keep it in your freezer and you have it and you love yourself toasting your nuts, toast a big bunch, keep them all in your freezer because toasted nuts is a thousand times better than um, non-toasted nuts and, yeah. and just build your life and your pantry being good to yourself, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and building a stock, like these are your reserves. I always say like chicken soup in my freezer is the best insurance that I have, you yeah. know, and I love, I sleep at night better when I have frozen chicken soup in my freezer. So, you the know, freezer. <laughs> the freezer yeah, is a girl's people, best friend. <laughs> absolutely. Shouldn't be people, you know, some of them are very afraid of their freezer and I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, you know, certain things thrive in the freezer and especially your mental health. So preserve as much as you can. Buy the fresh strawberries, you know, off the, out of the fields right now. Pick the oranges. All the stuff that's perishable, yeah, 100%. I'm not encouraging you to freeze it. But the stuff that really, like I'm making a brisket, make two at the same time, freeze it. And then one Shabbat, you're like laughing. You're, you're at the beach 
And then you're able to come home and you have a gorgeous, gorgeous meal. So you just have to think smart. It's much more economical as well. And it's more efficient. I love it. I love it. So given that this is Adar and Purim is coming, and we're talking about being mindful about food and how we prepare, uh, people can go a little crazy with Michelle Achmanot. And I'm all for the creativity and the fun. It's fantastic. Um, but I'd like to talk about with I'd like to talk to you about finding a balance between giving these creative gifts while also not feeling the pressure to produce, how to enjoy this holiday without maybe going over the top with, with Baal Tashrit, the wastefulness. Uh, yes. Give us your tips. Keep them coming. <laughs> well, um, first of all, I love Purim. It's, it's so joyous and I'm a big gift giver. It's like my love language. So it hits on all my points. Um, and, you know, I think during COVID when we didn't have access to so much and, you know, it's kind of, that's when the creativity starts to really happen and to shine when we don't have Amazon coming into, you know, our doors every single day. And, and we have to look within our community of sharing um, and, you know, you're good at this and I'm good at that. Let's put them together. I love that. And that's really sort of one of the silver linings for me that like we were able to live out of our pantry for like three months. Like that's crazy, you know? Um, but that was so good, like emptying a shelf, you know, and feeling that, you know, we're using up stuff. And so Forum is really a time of generosity and to think about people who are not as fortunate and to, you know, um, and I think that is the essence of what it is to be Jewish. Um, and so the gifts are just really a token of this. And we think a token, yeah, they've gotten completely out of hand and nobody needs another mug, another platter, another dish. I mean, we are dished out literally, <laughs> but a great recipe, maybe a sample of the recipe, um, you know, re, like a, a brand new dish towel that uses, you know, that as your vessel to wrap um, some homemade cookies that your daughter just made, home and touch in, um, you know, freshly made jam, um, you know, things that are like that are homemade. People love homemade. You don't need to go to the grocery store and be buying more Snickers bar, more Bisley and more stuff that, you know, all you want to do is get rid of the second it comes in the house, all you're thinking about is like, Oh my God, Oh my God, the sugar love of my kids are going to go crazy. <laughs> so I think that the thoughtfulness is really in the creativity. And I think that this year we should be thinking about um, reusable stuff, you know, thinking about what we can repurpose, reuse um, and, um, and celebrate the season. What what's happening, like a, a fresh box of beautiful strawberries um, and a chocolate bar, you know, with a beautiful handwritten note is, is fan, fantastic. Like, you know, what more is there that we want? Um, is it, are we valuing each other by how much we spent that we went to the grocery store that we went, like, what is it about? It's about the message. And, and I'm always a big believer. Handmade is, you know, there's, there's so much thoughtfulness in it. And, um, and I think that we're, we're so in, it's, it's so on trend if you're watching, you know, anything on Instagram, Pinterest, it's all, you know, make your own um, reusing stuff, um, being mindful of the environment, being mindful of, of just waste in general and, and, yeah. and stay on message and build, spend more time on the card than anything uh, or make donations. Of course, there's amazing organizations. I mean, there's no That's shortage true. of need and they make it so easy. You can just They'll send a virtual card and you can be part of making a huge difference. 
for that's families right. and kids. So I, there, you know, that's easy and, and, you know, happy to provide any links to any of that, but um, I'm sure everybody is bombarded yes. with the passion <laughs> caused by someone else. So there's uh we're very good at asking, which is, you know, we, can, we ask for those who cannot ask. And, yeah. uh, and so that's all in the spirit. So not to dampen the fun, but lift the thinking about being a little more our consciousness of the world and others. And so, so keep that in mind. So along the lines of sharing a recipe to close, we would love to give uh, our listeners a little treat, a little Purim treat. Um, would you be willing to share a recipe in honor of Purim? We're going to, we're going to share them in the note, the show notes, but please uh, tell us what we're sharing today. So, so as you know, we're both in Ranana and we're in the country of Tahiti, which I think is the <laughs> ubiquitous condiment of this place. And it could be celebrated both in a savory form and a sweet form. So I'm going to leave you with a cocoa tahini cookie. It's a one bowl wonder. What's beautiful is that it has a vegan option, even a gluten-free option, which again, you Amazing. never know who you're giving to. So keep your <laughs> options open. No judgment just providing for everybody. Um, it's a one bowl wonder. Don't overbake them. That's the secret to keep their chewiness. Always, always shake your tahini before you add it, before you use it. It should feel like paint gluckling, gluckling from side to side. It shouldn't be clumpy. And um, it's a wonderful pantry staple. And it also has that beautiful fat in it that makes your hair shine. So, there you go. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> we rub it in our hair. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't rub it in your hair. That wouldn't be a good idea. But you, you certainly, you know, the you know, never be afraid of the good fats that makes your hair shine and your nails grow long and and to, to feel healthy. Amazing. Thank you so much, Shauna. This is so exciting. So everyone can leave with this sweet, the sweetness of your recipe. And I really want to thank you for taking the time to be with us and remind us to be mindful of our, our wellness and our family's wellness and our wellness is our family's wellness. And so Absolutely. really, really thank you. And you thank have you a so much. This podcast is hosted by the Eden Center whose goal is to reinvigorate the ancient female ritual of mikvah as a sacred space for women and use it as the natural platform it is to connect to Jewish women's health, well-being, and healthy relationships, enhancing Jewish women and family life. We invite you to visit our website, www.theedencenter.com, to learn more about our work in making mikvah relevant, welcoming, and meaningful. This episode is a product of the Eden Center. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider sponsoring a podcast in dollars or shekels at bit.ly backslash E-D-E-N-P-O-D. Additionally, give us a five-star rating, share this podcast on social media, and encourage others to subscribe.